Hello and welcome to the Road to Nowhere, a new Marvel Champions LCG podcast. I can promise you if you decide to join us on this journey that we'll take you absolutely nowhere. And that's a podcast guarantee. I'm one of your hosts, D-House, uh, here with my co-host, Joss Aru. Joss, how are you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, excited about this new venture. Yeah, we'll, and we'll get into that uh in a minute, but just maybe uh, tell us a little bit about you and just your history with Marvel Champions and this this great game that we love so much. Sure. Hey, uh, so I'm Joss, better known as Joss Aru in the Marvel Champions community and on Board Game Geek. Um, I'm an avid board gamer that got very into solo board gaming a few years ago. I picked up Marvel Champions a little bit after launch, before the Captain America and Ms. Marvel packs came out. Found my way to Solo Champions League in 302, which was Hawkeye versus Crossbones round, and we'll talk about you know how, how the league is actually set up and what 302 actually means. But, you know, it's the league and the conversations on the Discord that really got me into deck building. And so I've really kind of enjoyed being involved with Solo Champions League and Marvel Champions. Love it. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm definitely a serial gamer. And uh, I, I joke with friends, I'm uh, addicted to podcasting. Uh, <laughs> there are going to be a few people that probably listen to this at some point that have heard me on uh, a few other gaming podcasts uh, started with Star Wars X-Wing, uh, eventually did Star Wars Destiny, which was my main one for many years, um, then into Keyforge, and then I pretty much stopped uh, for a while. I have a couple of very young kids. My son's almost just about to turn four. My daughter's two. So just doing content and gaming and all that together, just it was too much, uh, which is a lot of what uh, honestly got me into Marvel Champions uh, because I couldn't get out for... A lot of the game nights that I was going to anymore, uh, just with uh, trying to be a good dad. And so uh, Marvel Champions being ha having a solo mode where I could just sit and play games, uh, even stop in the middle of games uh, to go whatever, uh, take care of the kids and then come back and keep playing. I can leave it on a table overnight and come back to it. Like all that stuff just like really uh, helped so much. And so I've, I've actually been playing Marvel Champions since the game released. Um, but only this season actually discovered the uh, the Solo Champions League, which this podcast is kind of based around. I had um, so much fun playing in the Solo Champions League uh, that in the Discord, um, which is talking with other people who play in the league and about decks and everything. I I just I thought, man, I I love this. I would love to talk more about this with other people um, besides just on Discord. And so I kind of asked the question. I was like, hey, has anyone ever considered doing like a uh, bi-weekly or whatever uh, uh, recap and preview podcast for the league because I'm I'm a big European soccer fan and I love recap shows I love preview weeks and matchups and all that I love watching those so I thought you know why not try it here uh, and so uh, so Josh and I started talking and uh, and we said hey we love Marvel Champions we love the Solo Champions League and um, so we're gonna give this a, a a little bit of a a trial uh, we're gonna go through a season together. Um, and uh, and so this is going to be primarily for those who are playing in the Solo Champions League, but I am very strongly uh, 
uh, passionate about this being interesting to people who aren't in the league but just love Marvel Champions. So um, if you just play Marvel Champions and you stumbled into this podcast, I'd, I honestly, I, I hope, and I'm going to make it a point to make sure that it's interesting to you because we're going to be talking about specific scenarios and cards that are interesting uh, for everybody, not just uh, people who play in the league. Though I do hope that this podcast encourages some of you to jump into the Solo Champions League if you haven't because it has uh, – just honestly ignited my love for this this game um and it's so fun to talk in this community um and so i'm gonna stop talking i'm gonna throw it over to joss uh why don't you talk a little bit more about about the solo champions league help help if someone doesn't know what what it is go ahead and talk about it yeah yeah thanks um so the it's organized by innsmouth bear who has been you know helming it since the beginning it's played in seasons where just going into season 10 uh, a season consists of five rounds the the length of the rounds has varied over the course of the league but we're currently in a rhythm of having the rounds be two weeks long uh, each round has a hero and a choice of aspects or an aspect and a choice of three to five heroes that you take up against a specified villain and modular combination and so you know like we were hearing um it kind of forces you to play some things that you don't necessarily normally play and, and ends up creating lots of interesting situations. Uh, the, the way it gets scored, it's a, you know, it's a slowly shifting secret recipe. Um, but it's based on your win rate, your number of turns played, the total threat left on the board when the game is finished, you know, hopefully you've won total health on the villain side, including minions, total health on the hero side, including allies, kind of all these things are mixed up in a blender and some approval rating pops out and and you get ranked against everybody else and things are placed into different flights, kind of like divisions. And um, there's a lot of, you know, sitting around waiting each, at the end of each round to see how you, how you actually performed. Yeah. And I kind of love that part of it, honestly. Oh, it's it's so much fun because it's it's like this is not a competitive game, but you love to just see like oh where did I stack up like how did I compare to like uh, the other guys in the league and and the other girls in the league and um, it's so fun and even just even some of this like secret recipe that determines scores, especially like round one, um, like I just went to my default I'm just gonna win as fast as I can and then realized hey you know what getting a clean board, getting the threat off the board, getting these little minions off actually helps your score a little bit. So slow down and, and, you know, don't take too long, but also like, you know, maybe you go a couple extra turns just to make sure that you can clean up the board. And, but there's always that risk reward. It's like, if I let the villain get another phase, is it going to turn into even a bigger headache and problem? And um, so it's definitely like an interesting kind of unique way to play this game that for me it's like i'm almost competing against myself because you're playing you know three three games each round and so it's like oh i need to beat my previous score and and uh that really appealed to me too so um it definitely scratches a lot of itches i that i have right now in my gaming history yeah i hear you i'm you know i'm somewhat competitive and so i i'm definitely drawn in by having this sort of framework you know causing me to do some of these things i i kind of i love that but I, I also you know like you were saying um you know the league is is 
kind of also not competitive. The Discord chatter is really friendly. You know, people congratulate each other on having a great round and, you know, everybody kind of sits around and pours out a little beer over the the terrible rounds that people have and um i I love i love that part of it as well yeah there's a there's a uh a form in the discord uh heavy losses and that's one of the more fun tabs to click on and just everyone shares like oh you wouldn't believe what just happened to me in this scenario and the surge train that hit and then i you know died in round two or something you know just little little things like Mm -hmm. that and everyone yeah just kind of goes oh man been there you know um, so it's definitely like a real fun little community that, uh, that I enjoy, uh, for sure. So let, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, this, this episode will be a little bit different than normal because, uh, because one, it's our pilot episode. So we're kind of talking about the league in general, but, um, we just finished up season nine, uh, a couple weeks yep. ago and we're about to start season 10. And so we thought, Hey, just for this pilot episode, we're going to just do a, a recap of all of season nine, which we probably, you know, I don't know. We might do it in the future. We'll see. Um, so this one, we'll kind of dive into like each one, maybe not as in depth as we would in a normal episode for the round, but at least give you an idea of how did the rounds go and just kind of look back on like, you know, what we found interesting um, about it. So, uh, so yeah. So just when you think about season nine, yeah, you know, what, what was unique about this season? So the, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll back up a step and say the other thing that Innsmouth Bear does is tries to make sure that everybody has decent opportunity to acquire some of the new content before folding it into the season. Um, he also tends to try to set up things so you don't have to have all the content to be able to participate, right? So that there's almost always when there's lots of heroes to choose from, there's a core box hero and and that sort of thing. But so this this season was the first one that actually used the hood pack and the standard expert twos and it was the first time you got to choose your own difficulty in the past the difficulty was always specified and it usually went standard 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 expert expert kind of going rounds one to five um and then it was really neat because you saw early in this season people were pretty excited to get to try going up against expert two um and the, but people also realized hey if i go up against standard one i can probably get a pretty darn good score so it was all over the place what sort of difficulties were playing even across the three main flights but as the season went on you started seeing that kind of the the higher flights were tending to go with expert one and and the lower flights were tending to go with standard one and that expert two and standard two were getting played less and less because yeah. <laughs> you know you're talking about that surge train and the heavy losses you know standard two is almost every card has a surge and does terrible things to you yeah. and, and you can really get sunk fast <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i'll i'll just fully admit i did not touch standard two or expert two i every round i played was standard one expert one but i just i was like i'm just not ready for this standard two expert two craziest maybe i could have done it with the black widow round because of the surges and the espionage and some of that stuff but uh yeah i i I did not uh, venture into that territory but i but i stayed on expert one right well i i started the i mean i didn't play any of my official games um i tend to play a lot of practice games i like to try out all the heroes or all the aspects and then kind of start to zero in 
on what I really want to do. If people share really fun and interesting decks, I might sometimes try them out and, you know, give them a little feedback on what my experience was with, with their deck as well. Um, just, you know, because people try things that don't even necessarily occur to me or at least don't seem um, like something I would automatically do. So the I did try out some Standard 2 and Expert 2, and it just did not typically feel that great. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, well, you ready to jump into the rounds? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So, yeah, round one. Uh, we had the Brotherhood of Badoon uh, was the uh, the villain. Uh, plus, and then we had Goblin Gimmicks and Ship Command Modular Sets required. Um, the hero... Uh, the hero options for this one were Iron Man, Groot, Wasp, or Venom, uh, but you had to play the aggression aspect. So you have to play right. Iron Man aggression, Groot aggression, Wasp aggression, or Venom aggression. So, uh, so yeah, what did you think about this round? Um, yeah, so, I mean, th this one is also just known as Drang, right? The Brotherhood of Badoon, if, if folks are wondering which one that is, that's also known as Drang. Um, this was also the first time that Venom was available to play so you know we saw what 62 percent of the people played played venom i played venom uh, i was pretty excited to get a chance to play venom in the league I did so too. that was really yep. fun i did too um and there was only two minions in the encounter deck i you know i'm i'm kind of of two minds i i like i like when there's some minions uh because it means that there's a lot more viable strategies right if if there's if there's no minions, there's a lot of heroes that are kind of terrible, and aggression is also much less strong. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, right, some of these interesting scenarios do create decks that are much more viable or optimal. Um, this one only had two minions, and so you know it it really forces you to do your your deck build and two minions in aggression, right? So it forces you to do some deck building that's a little bit different. I did try i did try everybody out um you know we'll talk about wasp a little bit later um but you know i was i was drawn enough to venom that i didn't really spend a lot of time on on the other heroes yeah yeah i'm looking at uh even just the hero selection and and i i don't i i should have looked at this beforehand like statistics for how many people played uh round one i don't know if you you have that information but um in in my head, I had like like a hundred people or something, but but maybe that I don't know if that's correct. I just in my head, I was like, oh, there's like a hundred people playing in this round or whatever. Um, yeah, well, let me let me. I, I've got I've got something up here, so I can I can give you a quick rundown. So we had um, the flights kind of got reorganized mid season, but the flight one, which is the top flight, was twenty people. Uh, flight two is twenty three. Flight three is twenty two. And then there's something called the training grounds, which is people that are new to the league. Yep, which was well, me. They kind of feel their way around. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was 34. So okay. you know that's that's kind of creeping up on 100. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just to, if you have, if you're not if you haven't played and kind of wonder like how many people actually do this, I mean that's a that's a decent amount. I don't know that all 100 people play every single round, but the fact that there's 100 people playing solo games for this league, um, I don't know that all 100 people are commenting in the Discord, but they're turning in results and stuff, and I was like that's that's some pretty good uh, uh, statistics. I was looking at the hero selection in particular. looked like we had uh, Venom was the most chosen hero at 62%. Uh, 
Wasp at 17%, Iron Man at 15%, and then Groot at a measly 6%. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, like... There, I will admit that at one point I was like, man, I want to play Groot because I know people don't want to play Groot, and uh, he just makes me smile. And uh, but I chickened out, and went with Venom. It's funny we do you, we do see folks that try to actually make the most suboptimal pick of the choices that you can make and try to be effective that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I yeah, I played Venom. Um, had a great time. I I'm, I'm struggling to remember exactly how I built it, but I remember uh, trying to do some stuff with like Fusillade and and um, yeah, using all of his weapons and everything to just like pile on. I feel like those games could go pretty quick uh, with Drang and Venom being arguably one of the better heroes in the game too. Right. Right. Um, yeah. The I was just gonna I was just gonna check out what I because I probably should have pulled all these up ahead of time either as well um you know without without all the the minions um you really could just concentrate on things that were going to push damage to to the villain right yeah um i I think for some reason oh i do have my yeah i do have my deck here um so yeah oh yeah this i remember this this was the (laughs) i remember showing this deck to a friend and they're like this is basically just a basic deck with like three or four aggression cards because Venom is a guardian and you can uh, you can play nowhere and CITT and you can mm-hmm. you can do a lot of like ally spam and everything. So um, so I ironically only play I played three skilled strikes, a Hulk, and a combat training were my five aggression cards <laughs> for this round. Right. Well, and that's actually a trend that we've seen with the with the guardians um heroes honestly is kind of that tendency to just have a splash of of the aspect right i only played 10 aggression cards as well um taking advantage of the power in all of us and nowhere and a bunch of other things because all those guardians allies are gray Mm -hmm. and and so you can really lean into that yeah yeah that's pretty wild um yeah anything else on this first round and before we move on to round two no i think it was a good i think it was a good initial round for for the season i mean i think they you know when you hear the designers talk about the campaigns they you know they try to make that first villain um kind of pretty broad in terms of what it does and be a good entry point and so similarly you know that first round of the season kind of everybody getting up and running on those things having one of the first villains from a box i think is a really nice way to get you going on this season yeah yeah 100 uh all right so round two uh came around and uh, for round two uh we're all playing against the absorbing man uh with the band of badoon uh, modular set uh the hero everyone this round Instead of being locked into an aspect, you're locked into a hero. Um, so everyone was playing Quicksilver, and uh, so you could choose any aspect, aggression, justice, leadership, protection, or all basic, uh, which does uh, mean something in this league. Um, but <laughs> but the but the unique kind of, oh, this is something different, uh, is that you could choose one tech upgrade from the Rise of Red Skull campaign, um, yeah. which was a pretty interesting, because I obviously never 
built decks, like thinking, oh, what can I pull out of the uh, campaign set? So, um, so that was pretty interesting, no? Yeah, I, I personally ended up loving this round. Actually, um, the the deck building that was enabled, especially by the tactical scanner, which is the one that you get to draw an extra five cards at the start of the game, or the emergency teleporter, which is pull an ally out of your deck, put it into play, and give it tough. Um, you know, those two cards just let you get set up so fast, and it was it was really fun to think of what that enabled. Yeah. I know there was some debate about, hey, do I want five cards to start or do I want to pull Nick Fury out uh, so that I have, you know, an extra two thwart to, or two attack and a chump blocker and three cards. Um, and uh, there's some interesting conversations around there. Uh, but, yeah, it definitely, definitely sped the game up. That's for sure. Well, and I mean, I was very focused on leadership on this one, honestly. Um, the you know we, we see from the community it was about thirty one percent leadership, and then next was aggression at twenty nine. So it wasn't you know it wasn't leadership completely dominated everybody's strategies. But I personally went with a deck that was trying to get. I pulled Goliath onto the board immediately, let him sit there for the whole game, and built up all the combo pieces, and then you know would finish absorbing man off and then you know advance him to the next stage and then actually defeat him all in the same turn and it was really for me very rewarding to actually get that stuff all set up and do it and just know that you can get goliath on the board right from the beginning and rely on that happening was really fun yeah and i'll do a little i'll do a little plug for you uh i know you you record a lot of your games and put them on uh on youtube yeah uh, playing on Octagon or TTS. So you can actually go back and watch Joss play uh, these games and just kind of see the combos that come together. And uh, and I, I really enjoyed that. That was, uh, uh, it was fun to watch. Um, I, went, uh, I, I went back to aggression um, because I really wanted to get Yarnborn out and do some crazy things with Yarnborn and uh, Friction yeah. Resistance because Yarnborn uh, says after your hero attacks, spend a physical resource deal to an enemy and then friction resistance is after you're ready quicksilver you're ready this card but you as a resource exhaust friction resistance to generate a physical resource so um there were some insane turns where i mean dear goodness like you could just line up uh, a ton of damage just like blasting just with quicksilver and yarnborn and friction resistance on the board um adding in some skilled strikes and mean swings uh some of that craziness, uh, and I just really enjoyed it. So it, it real, real fast games for me. Um, and uh, I did go with the uh, the emergency teleporter to get Fury down, uh, so right. he could he could tank the the attack uh, first round for me. But um, yeah, this is a fun round. Well, it, it's funny that some of the um, the cards you're talking about, you know, they because they're part of doing a basic attack um and they're they're buffing your basic attack that kind of stuff works so well with quicksilver that's that's pretty rewarding too right those skilled strikes yeah you know some sometimes you get a skilled strike in your hand and you're already exhausted or you know you need to use your activation for warding instead but with quicksilver and that ability to ready again um you know you you, you tap you're typically able to take advantage of those cards and that feels pretty good right it's uh, i i like that yeah yeah, there there was a while like I I played 
uh, Quicksilver protection a bunch, like in some multiplayer games with some friends and campaigns and stuff. And and I almost went back to that protection build, and I was like, I've never played aggression, and this seems like a fun combo. Um, right. So I I really enjoyed that. Um, anything else well, on round two? Well, I was I was just gonna say it, it's funny because Quicksilver for the strategy that I pursued was almost an afterthought, right? It was really about building the Goliath combo yeah, and Quicksilver true. just kind of managing the board. Yeah, <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. Um, but that but that's also like, that's so cool about, yeah, Marvel Champions in general that you can build directly for the ability or build around it. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, I like I like that you built into Quicksilver, right? So you really took advantage of what friction resistance can enable and and do those things. I was just I was I was so focused on on combo. Um, I did that yeah. in that way. Hey, so what what's your opinion on where does Quicksilver kind of rank for you mm. overall? Yeah, ooh, that's that's an interesting question. Um, for me, as far as like heroes in the game, yeah. Uh, I would I would put him how, how many heroes do we have like twenty nine I think something like that yeah. yeah um I would put him top ten for sure okay for me personally uh the way I I enjoy the readying and trying to build around in fact I just uh, was messing around with like a spectrum moxie deck and trying to like really uh, ready to rumble changing forms r- let's ready up with you know all the this extra built-in uh, uh extra attack and thwart and so yeah I, i'd put him I, i'd put him top 10 i had to i'd have to sit down to the list and see if i he might even crack the top top five for me but uh, i'm not ready to commit to top five but i'm ready to commit to top 10 <laughs> what about you yeah i so i'm i'm of two minds um he he has my one feature that is my most frustrating feature honestly is when there's kind of one true card that you need to get down for yeah. the hero to be effective um especially in solo champions league because if it's at the bottom of the deck it's just way too frustrating yeah um so i do i do find the deck building around quicksilver really enticing um so you know he can just enable types of builds that you just don't really think about with other heroes but at the same time, needing to get that friction resistance out is way too important. So, you know, if this was just a standard solo Champions League round and there was a bunch of other heroes and not these extra tech upgrades, um, Quicksilver would not be who I would go to. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think without the extra card draw in the beginning with the tactical scan or emergency teleporter, Nick Fury stuff. Uh, it would have been much harder. I do. I do agree. Uh, even though Absorbing Man is probably one of the easier villains in the game <laughs> yeah. in general, um, maybe the easiest. I'm not sure, but um, uh, yeah, I, I am at least sympathetic to that. I did. I have had games where friction resistance is at the bottom, and you just, yeah, you just feel like you're like twiddling your thumbs until that moment comes. So. Um, yeah. Well, and I mean, just broadly speaking, I, I like the heroes that have, you know, have have some different tools in their kit that are more important depending on the scenario you're playing as well right mm-hmm. again you know friction resistance is kind of the one true card for for quicksilver you if you don't have it out it just doesn't even work yeah 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 that's yeah i can't argue with that um all right let's let's hit uh let's hit round three uh let's do it this one was the collector infiltrate the museum uh scenario 
with Running Interference, old, old Tombstone, uh, if you don't remember Running Interference, who is a beast, by the way, um, with uh, Galactic Artifacts as well. Um, this, uh, this time you get to choose a hero between Ant-Man, Scarlet Witch, She-Hulk, or Star-Lord. Uh, but you were locked into protection as your aspect. Um, we had another little campaign boost here. You had four units to spend from the Galaxy's Most Wanted campaign in the marketplace. Um, so whereas last, you know, the last game you're looking at, you know, some setup stuff for, uh, that are just going into play at the beginning. These are cards most likely you're drawing into, and you could have anywhere from one to four, honestly. Um, and I tried a couple different variations but uh but yeah what do you think about this scenario yeah well this was the first time we had infiltrate the museum also uh, you know known as collector one and it was pretty fun to actually um not you know not just build to be victorious but build to be efficient right that's kind of one of the things with the solo champions league your your priority your builds might look different because you're trying to get through them quickly with a clean board right yeah um and which really colors my play of marvel champions outside of the league honestly because <laughs> now it feels <laughs> so it does. feels bad it feels bad to end a game with a clean board i mean without a clean board and you know so aggression is kind of a weird thing to play on my own now uh, yeah but anyway uh yeah this was this was neat i i enjoyed really thinking about how to make all of this work protection was a really awkward aspect for this i don't know if, if you felt the same but you know protection tends to lean pretty hard into getting some upgrades on the board and taking advantage of those to do some of the protection style things and you know this scenario tr punishes you for having stuff on the board yeah yeah you, you really had to go event heavy um or, uh, I mean, you could you run stuff like endurance just to boost the health, but there's always a chance it gets taken too. Um, I'm uh, I'm trying. What did you? By the way, so what did you? Uh, what did you go with? Who did you choose? So I ultimately went with Scarlet Witch, um, but I play. I this is one of the ones I definitely played with everybody. She Hulk was <laughs> definitely <laughs> the most challenging one. Um, Star Lord is always a mixed bag. I, you know, he's he's very fun and he enables lots of interesting things. But you know, I when you when you're when you're always doing that risk reward, and you're also trying to play efficiency, it's kind of a scary choice to make. So it was really between yes. Ant Man and Scarlet Witch for me, and I played quite a bit of of both of them. Yeah, um, and it ended up being. Um, you know, I was able to do kind of, I did what, four turn, six turn, four turn wins um, with, with clean boards with, with Scarlet Witch. So you're able to do it pretty fast. So I, I ended up, once I kind of realized how quickly you could actually complete this one, I think I was playing it on standard one. So that was my, the the route that I, I took was, I'm going to play it on standard, make it as easy as possible so that I can just kind of storm through not have to worry too much about how many cards end up in the collection maybe clean it up a little bit but not have to spend my whole game trying to keep stuff out of the collection and that way i can if i want to i can put an upgrade on the board or allies or whatever a little bit and but just keep going yeah yeah 
Yeah, uh, you talking about Star Lord? I I saw someone comment somewhere. I don't remember if it was on Facebook or Discord, but they 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 basically said when they're playing Star Lord, if if they don't end the game with just like one or two health, they wonder if they actually played Star Lord or not. Like <laughs> it's just like that li- living on the edge. Like I'm just gonna take all these encounter cards and hope I beat them first. And gosh, I just oh I don't enjoy that at all. So I didn't even look at Star Lord. Um, I had a buddy who built it right away. Like, oh, I'm definitely playing Star Wars. Like, I'm not. I can't do that. Um, and yeah, so I had a friend. I had a friend in the league who played uh, Star Lord. Another friend who just immediately latched on to Scarlet Witch. So I was like, I'll I'll, I'll play Ant Man just to be different and have different experiences here. Um, and honestly, I, I love Ant Man. I mean, he's just how could you not? You know? Um, yeah. When you get all these like passive bonuses just by flipping around and. And uh, and his cards are, are you know just work really well together and allow you to do some cool things and um, but it was interesting like building even just like allies it's like okay Clea works as a great ally because when Clea dies she goes into your deck before he can take it her into the collection you know so yeah you're like yeah. looking for these ways to like slide in there every everyone I think everyone was playing Iron Fist for the most part just get him on there and stun you know just sit there and just stun and try to um, uh, keep them stuck there um saw a lot of people playing fighting fit uh which is yeah. a two you know two cost uh attack basically hero action deal two damage to the villain but five damage instead if your heroes remaining hit points are equal to or greater than your hero starting hit points uh felt like this this was almost like a must include just because uh in order to burst him down in protection and you don't have a bunch of allies you, you had to have some pretty big hard-hitting um events um, I loved Ant Man specifically for perseverance. Uh, one cost yeah. card after you change form, uh, give your hero a tough status card. Um, and because he has two hero forms, it's, I mean, it's just you're always triggering that for the most part. So, um, so yeah, I I enjoyed it. I struggled a little bit with threat. I'm looking at some of my, um, some of my scores. I remember I had a seven turn win, a five turn win, and a five turn win. But in my second game, um. I, I, I don't remember exact details, but I remember Tombstone came out, and and I a, a couple of side teams. It was one of those just really bad villain phases, and uh, and I was uh, I, I did not have a good board set up, and so I'm like, I just have to end this and just take the the bad score with uh, with Tombstone having nine health. It, I mean, just you hate <laughs> you hate to see it. It's just like I can't I can't take him down and manage this threat and keep cards out of the collection and. So uh, even though it was a five-turn win, it had uh, I ended with like twelve threat on schemes, like eight villain health and ten hero health. Like it just wasn't a great score. But I'm like, I think I'm a, I might. It, it was at least moderately possible I could lose if I kept going. So I I took the bad score and just said I'm just gonna lock it in. Well, and, and uh, a minion like Tombstone does take a lot of resources to actually finish off. So you know you're you're not even necessarily just investing in taking one more round it might be or one more turn it might be two right yeah um i'm trying to in fact i'm trying to pull them up on hall of heroes right now because it was even that's what i like about this like it forces you to play these modular sets that like i haven't touched in a long time but like tombstone again nine health two scheme three attack and then his force response is after tombstone attacks and damages you discard a mental or physical resource from your hand if able so mm-hmm. he's hitting you for three. He's got nine health, and he might be discarding a card from your hand if you can't, you know, protect yourself from this. And so he, it was just, whew, it was, uh, it's pretty brutal. And and his like, 
his other card like all tied up you attach your identity card attached character cannot ready or change form and i remember getting that with ant-man and not being able to change form was uh very punishing very punishing for him um so yeah it it, it was interesting um I, I enjoyed the round but it was it was uh there were definitely some tough games in there and it, it was it was probably the most active i've seen the strategy talk in terms of really focusing on kind of the specific cards that really work in the scenario so you, you know you mentioned clea starhawk was also another really good ally because um if he if he takes the exact consequential damage that will take him to zero health he returns to your hand instead of going to the discard pile and that is another thing that kind of skirts around having to go to the collection yep Um, so yeah, so as far as like hero selection, we had 46% on Ant-Man, 28% on Scarlet Witch, 16% on She-Hulk, and 10% on Star-Lord. Um, which, that kind of surprised me more people played She-Hulk than Star-Lord, but, um, because I just feel like She-Hulk would just, gosh, that'd just be tough, but, um, yeah. Otherwise, not too surprised. Yeah, the, I mean, broadly speaking, you know, the, it's quite a mix of people in terms of how invested they are in in the game overall, right? They, the, some of them are, some people are much more casual, and other people are paying attention to all the previews and all those other things. And so, you, I think you do see that the older heroes and the, especially the core set heroes tend to get a lot more play than you might anticipate based on their relative strengths. Hmm. That makes sense. Which right. So, well, in round five, let's come back to that because I actually was surprised a little bit at some of the statistics right. there. Right. Um, so, so Scar. I mean, Star Lord, for example, is newer, but also just kind of scary to play. So that you know, that's like a double whammy in terms of his play rate being only ten percent makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, round four, we went uh, went to Ultron Land uh, with. Power Drain as the modular sets, which uh, is uh, Electro, right? If I'm remembering yep. correctly. Yeah. Um, and then this round where everybody's playing Thor. Um, so all those little Ultron minions giving Thor those extra cards. What a what a gift. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you can play any aspect, of course. Um, so, yeah, what do, what do you think about this round? Well, so this one, um, I... You know, the synergy between Ultron and Thor is incredible, right? So Thor, when he's in hero form, gets once per turn to draw two cards if a minion engages him. And Ultron is doing that on his turn um, on Ultron 1 and Ultron 2, but not Ultron 3. Uh, he's doing that every single turn. So you're getting... You know that that hand size of Thor, which is normally four, which is kind of a killer. You're getting around that, and all of a sudden you actually have a very generous hand size because often you're also able to trigger that minion engagement draw on your turn. Um, you know this was a great tip shared by Astrodar is the um, the advanced drones. I forget exactly what they're called, but you know they're they're a four a four health minion that when you pop them, another drone pops out. So to kind of save those around until you ha are in the middle of a turn where you haven't drawn those extra two cards on your turn yet, and, and you can 
you can milk those for some extra card draw. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of fun things to do, and it really melt made Thor feel very, very powerful. Oh yeah, because you could, uh, you know, and you could even just hammer throw those guys, hit them hard, uh, you know, get the overkill, get the get your hammer back, use it as a resource, flip to alter ego, find it again, use it as a as a resource again because next turn you're gonna pull it. And so there's a lot of hammer shenanigans happening there too, um, and you could really like farm those those advanced Ultron drones for lots of cards. Um, so what? When I was watching the Discord and watching everybody talk, it felt to me like everyone was going justice. Like it just right. the, at least I mean it maybe it was the vocal uh, minority, but it just it felt like everybody was like you got to go justice to get a clean board. Um, and uh, looking at the statistics of the aspect selection, uh, Justice was a 39% take, but Aggression was at 42. Aggression actually outdid Justice. Uh, leadership at 16% and Protection getting very little love at 3%. <laughs> no one wanted to do Protection Thor, uh, which I've played Protection Thor before and really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, I think we just came out of a Protection round. Maybe people were tired of Protection. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's an absolutely viable thing to do with Thor because, um, you know, protection has all these cards that trigger off of defending. And there's going to be an Ultron drone out there attacking you every turn. So there's there's some pretty awesome stuff that you can actually do. It's more often about the speed than anything, I think. Yeah. Well, even just little things like those energy barriers, like just, you know, murder those little things those little minions, those little drones when they try to attack and you just throw the damage right back at them. And, um, but I was even looking at the, uh, the win rate. Um, you'd mentioned this in the, in the show notes, but, um, leadership at 97% win rate, which, yeah, I mean, holy cow. And then protection down at 33%. Um, so poor protection just did not have a good round. No, <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, it's funny. I was actually um, in a in a different type of league that that I also play in. Um, that we were playing Ultron around the same time, but we ended up having um, Captain America on. It's a two-handed league. Um, we ended up having Captain America, and I kind of really discovered how powerful interrogation room is if your hero has retaliation and you're playing against Ultron, because interrogation room's the a support that after you defeat a minion exhaust interrogation room and remove one threat from a scheme mm. and so actually being able to actively remove threat from the villain on the villain turn mm. before encounter cards come out mm. is really powerful right because those drones automatically attack you and then they get popped by your retaliate and so you're you're actively taking threat down it's amazing anyway that's not really a thor thing but it was just kind of this this neat interaction that i also yeah. discovered for this type of scenario yeah so what what did you what did you end up going justice for your official rounds yeah 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 i i will almost always play justice or leadership if given the choice those are definitely my my two favorite aspects i think leadership just because there's so many different ways you can go yeah and and justice is you know i i like to make sure that i'm not taking those those bad points for having that main scheme advance, right? That just hurts my feelings every time. So yeah. I, I'm usually trying to lock down that main scheme 
um, and then keep going. And then justice keeps on getting all these great tools for doing damage and other things. They tend to be conditional on keeping the schemes under control or taking the scheme threat down to zero. Um, so then you've got some neat sequencing combos that you that you have to do. And I also, that's the kind of stuff I'm typically looking for, right? Is I'm looking for things where sequencing are really important and you have to think through your turn really hard to figure out how you're going to actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's so funny hearing you talk about that because, uh, and I did not even think about this until I'm looking at all the rounds and looking at what I played, but ironically, I went with aggression again. Um, Every time. Which I'm like, I guess apparently aggression is my favorite go-to. Um, I did not even think about it in terms of like what are the other rounds looking like, um, but apparently I really like aggression. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it was just the, the allure of the the action card bring it um you know zero cost event draw one card for each minion engaged with you max one per phase um and it being a lightning resource is just icing on the cake but uh there were definitely some turns it's like oh boy i just got hit with a bunch of drones but okay i'm gonna draw you know four cards and um do crazy things um so yeah that was uh that that was wild it it was uh I'll get into this a little bit later on some of my specific things, but um, I think probably your time in the league is, and me being the uh, the rookie of my first season, of just realizing like, hey, there are just certain aspects and combinations like you just cannot, it's going to be a really big uphill challenge to finish with like a clean board um, without justice or leadership and some of these things, because aggression definitely wants to go fast, but not clean. Um which, which is exactly that's what aggression's I motto. Um, Fast but not clean. Because and I, I guess spoiler, but I did. I had an eight turn win. I had a ten turn win, and then I had my first loss of the season. Uh, okay. For my for my three games and uh, and yeah, uh, it, it and and the 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 loss was such a heartbreak because I had the game and I just got greedy and did a flip to alter ego that I shouldn't have done because I thought I had an ally coming up that could just finish Ultron off and then I didn't and then he like schemed and then pulled advance and he did something else I can't remember it was just a it was a whole mess but um yeah sometimes I wonder if I'm patient enough to to play some of the, like the justice and leadership decks that reward right. a good patient player so uh, we'll see how that affects me in future seasons well it, I mean it's interesting aggression specifically for this one really plays into it well because aggression triggers so many things so many of its cards trigger off of defeating a minion and you have access to defeating minions all the time so being able to do things like keep the threat down and heal yourself and all those other things they're available to you in a way that is just plentiful Mm-hmm. because you have you have all those drones so you know aggression does play really well into ultron even if you're trying to play a little bit more of a control game and never flip and still have full health and all those other things yeah yeah and i even played like i i tried the new card the new valkyrie card smash the problem um yeah. which is uh your one cost event exhaust your hero remove threat from a scheme equal to your hero's attack um just thinking like i'm gonna need i'm, I'm gonna need to keep these schemes down whatever and in th- in three games, uh, never once played Smash the Problem, not not a single time. Uh, yeah, 
and maybe maybe if I had gone your route of some practice games, I would have known that going in that oh this isn't as valuable as I thought it would be, because um, I just always needed the attack on you know just to keep things moving along or what. But yeah, I don't know, crazy round. Yeah, I uh, my unfortunately my strategy backfired a little bit. I I don't know if it was on two of the games. Um, I actually let the main scheme advance to the the second stage, um, which my deck was was actually targeting not doing that. So I, I, was, mm-hmm. I was pretty I was pretty sad that that's actually what happened because uh, you know the whole my whole deck design was around that not happening. Yeah, um, and it, and it happened. I mean, I still ultimately did reasonably well, but you know, I was I was hoping for a pristine perfect score on on the threat and i definitely didn't achieve that yeah yeah well let's uh let's hit this final round uh we uh this round we had kang uh with the badoon headhunter modular set um and our hero options this time were black panther black widow spider-man or drax uh and but for your aspect it was basic cards only no yeah. colored cards, just basic. Um, so yeah, a little bit, a little bit different. But uh, what do you think? Well, th- this one was neat. Um, you know, as our first time having Drax. So, you know, the only, I think the only Guardians heroes that we had seen in previous seasons were Rocket and Groot, um, which came in the Galaxy's Most Wanted box. So this was the first time we started to see some of these other heroes trickle in. Um, you know, I Kang is fun. Kang is exhausting. Um, <laughs> doing a bunch of practice game games against Kang is is quite effortful, and having that extra constraint of being forced to have basic only makes it makes them even longer. I don't know if you tried out all the heroes, but Drax was an absolute disaster on this. <laughs> I did not. I didn't even. I I don't really enjoy playing Drax in general, so I just I was not interested. Okay, well, I mean, so, you know, Drax, if you're able to play protection and kind of soak up those attacks without having to flip, because when you flip, he loses those vengeance counters that he builds up. So if you're able to soak up those attacks and then start turning things around on him, Drax feels, you know, kind of it's like one of those heroes that feels really powerful once you're able to do some of that buildup. But Kang is the worst for putting those obligations on you and forcing you to go back to alter ego Mm -hmm. and then where where it felt really punishing here and i don't know if you you also felt it but is because you had to do that keeping those threats on the main scheme under control was was sometimes really challenging and because you had basic your ability to keep that threat down sometimes was quite limited yeah yeah so people were running cards like um uh is it to the rescue is that the basic one uh it's like two costs remove two threat or something like that right right so the 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 really inefficient cards that do the thing you need to do which is more important than their actual cost yeah yeah yep um yeah i i went into this thinking oh everyone's gonna hit black panther because a little bit like you said, like corset, like there's a lot of Black Panther. I mean, I played probably of all the heroes, I probably played Black Panther the most over my time in Marvel Champs. Um, right. So part of me was like, I don't want to play 
Black Panther because I think everyone's going to do it, and he just seems really, really solid for this. And and so I ended up going with uh, Black Widow and had a really great time. I, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, just, yeah, which I guess I'll get into a little bit later, but um, this was a fun round. Probably, probably my best round, too, of all the, the rounds. Right. Well, there, I mean, what ended up happening in, in my observations is, you know, Black Widow ended up being almost half of the people picked picked black widow yep and this was because she was the the one hero that could safely flip to alter ego and deal with getting rid of those obligations without that that main scheme yeah you know in in kang um kind of on on kang one and kang three if you let that main scheme go past threshold that's game over yeah yep so there's there there's this this ticking time bomb is you get an obligation on you, especially one of the ones I forget the, you know, depowered, I think maybe the one that doesn't let you use your hero cards anymore. I think that's right. Yeah. And somebody like black Panther, whose entire kit revolves around playing Wakanda forever and you can't even play it anymore. And you're, you're staring at a bunch of threat that you can't get rid of. So you can't flip. You just get paralyzed. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. In in the end, Oh, go ahead. Well, just uh, like w- Widow's uh, access to like covert ops, which is the, um, yeah, remove four threat and confuse the villain, just felt so good. I mean, it's just you draw that every time. You're like, yes, yes, yes. Like, uh, and it's an action, not a hero action, which uh, like for me gave me the chance to play like meditation. So an alter ego, it's like okay, I can just exhaust to play this card for f- basically for free. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, remove fourth threat and confuse the villain. Give me lots of extra time. It just felt felt really powerful. Well, she was the only hero that had access because we were in basic. It was the only place we had access to confuse was yeah. through through Black Widow and right. So that that was another. I think that was another piece that drew people in as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um. Well, hey, for 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 time's sake, let's go ahead and move on. Um. And. Uh, don't want to go too long on this pilot episode, but um, yeah, you threw out the question: which rounds did we find the most interesting to play? So, what was it for you? Well, I mean, I think I probably made it pretty pretty apparent, but I actually, despite the fact that Quicksilver is not one of my favorites, and Absorbing Man is definitely one of my least favorite villains, that was actually my most um, the most fun I had of all the rounds, just because of those tech upgrades. Like I said. You know, Quicksilver was almost a bystander to what I was trying to do with with my Goliath combo, but I just had fun doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for me, uh, like I just said, I it was uh, it was the last round, the Kang, the Black Widow Kang round. Um, honestly, I I I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I really love Black Widow, and I was thinking about it, and I remember distinctly when she came out. It was in this like season where i was teaching a lot of friends how to play marvel champions um and always felt like she was just maybe a little bit too complex for them to learn because there's just a lot of triggers it's like you've got surge triggers and boost ability triggers and uh treachery cancels and stuff that are sitting on the board and so you have to like really know what you have out there in addition to in addition to your hand and so i just remember thinking like i just did not play a lot of her at this time and then more heroes came out and i think i just kind of slept on her a little bit Uh, but i love the preparation mechanic uh, I enjoy the alter ego hero flip back and forth. Um, and she has, you know, basic cards like espionage and target acquired that just 
you would play with her anyways. Um, so in this round, it just felt really powerful. And, and yeah, King is just super fun, even if that kind of middle stage where you just kind of want him to advance is a little weird um, and maybe yeah. feels like cheating. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I, in the end, actually, the that that middle stage, I kind of I love. It's a it's such a funny. There's a push your luck element, right? You know, do you want to actually thwart to keep that thing from not going through too fast? Um, and you know, the, some of those little games within a game that I actually quite enjoy. I, I like the little bit of breathing room to set things up and and all those other other pieces. How many? Tell me, how many times did you hit triple espionage? Oh, multiple times. Uh, at at least at least at least two or three that I can remember. Um, that I do remember one game I had like three espionage out and it never hit and it was super disappointing. Like it just was like maybe I should have gone standard two uh, in that one. Um, but uh, I remember the, no the funniest moment happened when I hit triple espionage, drew six cards, and I'm like. Okay, next round I'm gonna finish Kang off. This is over, and then I pull my uh, encounter deck counter card from the deck, and it was the the card I, I can't remember Kang's card, but it's a it's a card in uh, Kang's set that says D- discard all the events from your hand. Um, right. So it, I drew six and then discarded five. <laughs> so oh no, it was like, gosh dang it! Like it was, uh, I was like, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe they just cancel each other out. But it, I was like, I went from like ecstatic, this is over to well, not over yet. Got to keep working. Well, and in you know, in basic and with Black Widow, your ability to push damage quickly is not high. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, even when you get that mitt full of cards, it doesn't mean you're actually able to do a lot to advance the game state. It's often just means you're going to lock down the game state even further, but then you're sitting around waiting for those triggers on those preparations and, and they never come right. I, I mean, I ended with the most beautiful black widow boards almost every time. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's very satisfying, especially when you're dropping winter soldier down for zero. Cause you have eight, <laughs> eight, eight of those out. It was funny, though, when Taskmaster comes out. The thing I like about King is, like, pushing your nemesis minion out, and then Taskmaster would come out uh, in that final stage, and he'd be sitting there with, like, eight scheme and eight attack, and you're like, you have to die. Like, it just, there's no option here. Like, I have to have uh, a response to this, or this is over. Uh, But I enjoyed that. I mean, honestly, that's, you know, part of what I kind of like about that weird... Thing with Kang 2 where you know you can either defeat Kang 2 or you can let his main scheme thread out and then it just auto advances for you um, you can take that time to set up for your nemesis yeah right you just yeah. know your nemesis is coming out and you know Taskmaster is definitely really high on the list of, of nemesis minions that have to go yeah Okay, uh, last last thing before we talk about the future one is uh, just least favorite round in twenty seconds or less. Um, yeah, what did I what did I think? Um, yeah, I guess I guess it was the Kang round. I mean, there are things that I do like about it, but I I just don't like basic rounds. It, yeah. it's just that simple. I I the the fun of the deck building kind of mostly disappears almost everybody ends up having very similar decks so the conversations aren't that interesting 
in the in the discord um yeah just basic yeah. rounds are not enticing to me yeah uh my least favorite was ultron in fact if i never have to play against ultron again i'd be perfectly fine with it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> just i i don't know i just it, i i'm always miserable playing ultron it was okay with thor because you get all these extra cards but gosh i uh i don't know i've played so much ultron at this point i'm like all right anything else anything else maybe may, maybe not wrecking crew may, maybe uh <laughs> maybe i would change that but uh i don't know that's just me that's you know it's neat because i mean i i ultimately actually i liked that that one the most because it it leaned into what thor can do as opposed to leaning away from what thor can do and a lot of the rounds in this specific season kind of the the your choices were non-synergistic with what was going on with the scenario right so i found i found being in protection against collector one was kind of a terrible thing and i found that you know playing aggression against a deck that only had two minions you know sometimes these challenges are kind of interesting and neat but at the same time it just doesn't it doesn't open up your options very big and so i that that restriction doesn't always work for me yeah yeah i get that uh well hey we're we're approaching an hour so let's let's just move on uh our final kind of thing um was specifically one of the things we want to do with this podcast is review the previous round and then look forward to the future round. And where yep. we're at right now is season 10 is literally starting this weekend. I think we'll probably post this around the, the time that uh, Ismouth Bear uh, you know, announces the new round, so we're not going to spoil anything for anybody else. Um, but uh, really excited to say uh, that this round is going to be heading back to old Green, green Gobby. Uh, yep. as, or, uh, as my four-year-old calls him green globin instead of goblin, he, he struggles with that, but yeah. there's a Disney show with green goblin, but uh risky business with a mess of things, which is the scorpion modular set. Um, and then the difficulty will be standard or standard two. So we're going back to, uh, locked in difficulties. Um, the hero that we're going to have to play is wasp. Um, yep. And then any aspect, obviously, or, or basic as part of that. So, yeah, what, what what was your reaction to this when you saw this? Well, I mean, so, you know, one of the things that I also do for, for the community is I tend to um, pull all the rules together, rules clarifications and things like that. So Risky Business is high on the list, you know, and Kang are some of the scenarios where there's a lot of rules questions. So I actually just reviewed the my rules video for Risky Business and... Okay, you know, feel, feeling good about you know sharing that one again. So I, that's that's always my first thought is oh like what am I gonna have to do for for rules for this round? Um, risky business is one of those kind of weird ones like absorbing man where it's not super highly regarded because it's pretty easy overall. Mm -hmm. um, but in solo champions league, those types of things are kind of opportunities, right? Because how how can you push your score? How can you get through? this fairly easy scenario the most efficiently is still you know an interesting puzzle and um i don't know what your experience with wasp is but i know a lot of folks really like wasp because she enables some pretty interesting deck building opportunities um you know she kind of has a few different things that you can build toward and you can't build toward all of them at the same time so you you have to choose your lane and and try to do some design that way yeah 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 i was thinking well one on the 
I, I love that we're doing the Scorpion modular because I do think, um, like, Scorpion, uh, one, again, three scheme, three attack, seven health with quick strike, and then after he attacks and damages a character, stun that character. So uh, Scorpion pops out in the encounter phase, like, it's going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, uh, for damage and stunning and all that. And then he adds uh, a copy of Gang Up, uh, which is the villain in each minion attacks you, and then Tail Sweep, which Scorpion attacks you, and if no attack was made this way, you're stunned. So there's, I think there's some interesting things coming out of that in a in a scenario that might be on the easier side. As far as Wasp, I told you this uh, right before we started recording, but um, I have played Wasp a total of one time. Um, mm-hmm. I literally took it on like a business trip and... I, you know, took a scenario and I was like, well, I've never played Wasp. I better try it. And I did it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But I never, I just never returned to Wasp. So part of me is like really excited because I'm like, oh, like I can finally uh, learn Wasp. But I, I'm like, if you ask me to tell you cards from her uh, set off the top of my head, I couldn't do it because I just spent zero time tinkering. So uh, this is going to be an interesting round for me. I'm going to have to really like look through, through her kit and see, see what works. But obviously with, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna challenge myself not to do aggression because clearly I yep. have an aggression addiction. So uh, I'll have to really mess with it. But I'm excited to see what you and some of those other deck builders in the community really come up with early on uh, for just inspiration for the rest of us too. Well, the, I mean, Wasp. The the thing about Wasp is her kit is relatively expensive, um, and she doesn't have a lot of resource um, generation within her kit. So. You know, when you're trying to go, I get some of these things, you know, not having a resource generator is not necessarily the worst thing in solo champions league, because often you are trying to do things efficiently and you're actually looking at something like a Quinn carrier and saying, you know, am I, am I going to actually get the return on investment if I'm going to finish this game in four or five turns anyway, do I really need Quinn carrier? Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing doesn't matter as much, but it also, it's just getting her some of her big cards expensive cards played is just a challenge right yeah um yeah because i'm looking i'm looking now like pinpoint strike three cost deal seven damage to an enemy if you're a tiny hero form the attack deals one additional damage that enemy gains overkill um or giant help giant i remember this giant help seemed really it pays two removes three threat um or four threat not efficient right divine monk scenes if you're in giant hero form like I was like, ooh, paying two for three uh, just did not feel great. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. This is it. Yeah, I'm like being reminded of all this, even just looking at it now. I mean, I literally fi- found out this round's info five minutes before we started recording. So in the future, mm-hmm. I promise to have more uh, in- <laughs> in- informed opinions. But uh, uh, yeah, that's this is great. Well, the, I, you know, I think there's there's some pretty this is one of those ones where all the aspects are are actually viable um, people often really like protection with wasp because you can multiple man um, has the mental resource and then wasps uh, yes. alter ego ability is shuffle mental resource cards back into your deck that's good so you you can get multiple uses out of multiple man with in one pass through your deck so that's definitely you know people people are pretty keen on on being able to build into that and protection's a good one for that mm. because of those mm. those mental resources yeah yeah and i mean obviously her tiny hero form she's at two defense and then in in giant form she's got three defense so it's 
Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and multiple man is one of those cards I don't think I have ever put in a deck because of that reason. It's it seemed inefficient, uh, but if you can get them back, uh, that definitely helps. Um, so do you think what what will you build first? Uh, I mean, I probably I probably almost always start with a justice build, um, just because there's the the justice shell that I would bring to a deck is is pretty is pretty similar in general that is just kind of the first pass just get a sense of how everything plays out and then and then from there i start to think about okay you know like if i was playing leadership what would i what would i try to do or prioritize or or whatever and then and then i pay attention to kind of some of the conversations that are happening right you know somebody's you know i already brought up kind of how multiple man is is a great fit for this but you know had I not had that on my mind, and then somebody mentioned it in the chat, hey, you know, like try a try a deck that's revolves around getting multiple men out multiple times. That that seems really fun. So yeah, you know, when, once the chatter's been happening for a bit, and I see a few interesting builds, then that's, you know, the the less played aspects. I often wait till some people bring up some of those more interesting builds, and and then I I try them out and see kind of what I like from what they've tried. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, and even just like protection thing, and I know, uh, in risky business, you, there's some indirect damage that comes flying in. So even yeah. just some of those cards to, yeah, to block some of that that extra little damage poking its way through, whether it's energy barriers or whatever, um, could be interesting. Um, that's that's actually something I quite like about risky business. To be to be very honest, is there's some interesting sequencing puzzles to try to minimize that impact of that indirect damage when when he flips from from Osborne back to Goblin. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I you know I'm always basically if there's a sequencing puzzle to be had that's that's the thing I'm most excited about. Yeah, and uh, obviously she's got the multiple forms, so stuff like uh, the perseverance to give yourself a tough card when you change forms um, yeah. is another protection thing. So there's probably some probably some good protection decks that could come out of this. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, the the one difference I mean, before we move on, the, you know, the one big thing that's really different between Wasp and Ant Man is Ant Man's really his kit is built around flipping back between tiny and large and really yeah, taking advantage of of that. And and with Wasp, you kind of don't do that. You kind of build your deck around preferentially being either in tiny or large form. Yeah, and then going from there. Yeah, yeah, that makes it like she doesn't have resize, you know, to. At, add the extra flipping and draw a card like Ant-Man does. Well, and she doesn't also have all those little kickers that are the benefit from doing that. You know, it's more like if you're in tiny form or if you're in large form, get this additional advantage. Yeah. Um, but that's on the card that you're playing as opposed to on some sort of permanent that you've played uh-huh. that you just get every time you flip. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Well, uh, yeah, we're 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 going a little long here, so I'll probably let you have the, any last thoughts before we kind of wrap this thing up. Uh, excited to go into a new season. The that conversation that happens the first couple of days after a new round gets released is really fun to participate in. Um, I always look really forward to that, honestly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I'll throw the uh, I'm gonna throw the Discord link for the social solo champions league into 
Love it. Into the show note or just the description so people can join. Because, uh, you know, if you're hesitant to jump in yourself, um, I think it's still an interesting conversation that people would enjoy. Um, but also there's very low risk. Uh, I mean, I know some people skip rounds, uh, don't add points. Yep. And, and you can, if, if you have a, a busy, you know, work schedule or whatever, um, it's, it's definitely interesting. But I'll put that in there so people can hop in and join a new league and, uh, you know, jump into some new rounds. I know I've got some friends who are jumping into and – um yeah yeah same i'm excited for a new season and and more uh, interesting choices so um i think that'll do it for well, us yeah i was just gonna say i mean that's also a great place to hit us up and and chat us up about the show yeah oh 100 yeah please send us feedback like i said this will be a weird episode compared to what we do in the future there'll be probably shorter and, and much more like directly applied to the round and the hero and all those things or even just looking at some statistics but um so uh, it will look a little different in the future, and, and we're gonna we're gonna try a couple different ways of doing this, and then try to land on a on something that feels right and interesting for the community, and and we'll do it for a season, and hopefully people find it interesting, and if they don't, like no skin off our backs, but uh, uh, this is fun either way for us is to even talk more Marvel champs. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're 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 gonna have fun with or without the listeners. So hopefully you'll <laughs> just join us and and make it even more fun. Yeah, my scores are bound to go up for each round as I play less uh, aggression. <laughs> that's that's a good place to be. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Well, hey guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the road to nowhere, and we'll see you next time. Bye all. <laughs>